Hey everybody and welcome to Roll It, a movie podcast. I'm one host, Ryan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Ty Lore. How you doing, Ty? I'm doing wonderful, Ryan. How are you? I'm alright. I'm alright. Um, this week, we are doing the 2020 film that just dropped on Hulu, uh, like a week ago? Uh, something like that. A week ago, two weeks ago, Nomadland, directed by Chloe Zhao, starring Francis McDormand. Um, so Ty, what do you, uh, what do you think about this movie? I had seen the preview for this somehow. I think it might've just like been one of those auto plays on Hulu one time, whenever I got on, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. So I was kind of excited to see it. Yeah. I mean, I I was happy with it. I thought it was a good movie. Uh, I liked the style. I liked the style like that it was shot in. Um, I like the themes throughout it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a good movie. I mean. It was a little slow, but that's my only like cr- criticism on it, you know. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was. I think it was fine. Um, I didn't. I feel like this is one of those movies that can really just like, you know, knock your socks off, and you're just like blown away, and you're just totally enthralled, and like it just touches you in some uniquely profound way, mm-hmm. or you're just kind of like. That was that was cool, but it didn't it didn't do that for me. It was mainly like I appreciate the the talent and the style and you know the uh, just the general high quality nature of the film. I loved the cinematography. Uh, I thought it was an interesting concept. I loved how uh, how they she used. I mean, there wasn't many actors at all in this. It was like Francis McDormand, that David guy, uh, David Strathern, and mm. uh, those were pretty much the only two actors. There might have been a couple more small, yeah. small actors, but most of them are all just like regular, like actual nomads that she found, and they, they and a lot of them. I read a lot of them didn't even know Francis McDormand was an actress, and they were kind of just treating her like a normal nomad. So it, I, I like, I really like that aspect of it. I thought that was a unique way to do things. It kind of gave it an extra level of uh, authenticity. Um, yeah, I mean that's you know it's kind of bold because it could go it could go two ways when you do that. You know what I mean? It really could. It has the uh, yeah, but, but I think it also helps that this is. I mean, there is a story structure here, definitely. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of feels like it's kind of in that middle ground between that and a documentary. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, with it the was, documentary, it was, float, course, you it got was floating all, back and forth a lot. Yeah. And you got that. So, like, with a documentary, of course, you got all the normal people doing normal people things. So, I'm sure that's how she framed it. Like, the director um, mm. was like, we're just shooting a documentary about this. So, just like, you know do your normal thing. I'm, I, you know what I mean? I don't know if they, if all the nomads knew exactly what was going on or what the, or the, the extent of the storyline or anything like that. I'm not sure, but I think it did help the authenticity. And that really is one of the important, um, I don't want, I don't want to say themes, but one of the important aspects of this movie and what makes it work is that authenticity and making you feel like you know uh, this is 
this is real and this is real life for these people and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I would, you know, maybe seven out of 10, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, yeah, I thought I'm kind of with you. Cool things, but didn't, you know, didn't blow me, blow me away, but mm-hmm. that's where I'm standing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I wasn't, there was nothing that was like, yeah, there was nothing that blew me away. Uh, you know, but there was also a lot that it was like, oh, that's really nice. Like it was, it was a good watch, you know, like it was enjoyable. Um, I'm glad. See, I'm on the other. No, I was ahead. just going to say, I'm on the, I'm on the other end of this. I didn't really enjoy watching it. I appreciated the craftsmanship and that's yeah. where most of my rating comes from. But it felt, it felt very close to bordering misery porn. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it's just like not something I really enjoy watching. Um, depending on what it is, but it's just like, you know, <laughs> look how bad this is. Look at, look how, uh, look how terrible, uh, certain aspects of this life are and what they're forced into doing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I wouldn't be rushing out to watch this again, I guess, but I appreciated the craftsmanship and I think it was what it did. It did well. You know, and that's why I would give it as high a rating as I would. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I guess I just like enjoyed. I mean, I like I love documentaries, so I appreciated how they filmed this. Um, And for me, it was just kind of like enjoyable, I guess. I wish it would have picked up like at some point. I wish it was a little faster um, because at some point I was just like, okay, like I don't need to watch you know, Fern drive this golf cart while she like smokes a cigarette or anything. You know what I mean? Like there was just some times where I was just like, I feel like this isn't adding anything to the moving storyline, you know? Yeah. I felt like like the story stalled. I I agree with that. I think I I said, uh, I was talking to my sister about it and I said, this could be, this could be titled Nomadland colon Francis McDormand staring off into the distance. You know, it's just like, I don't know if we needed that much of, you know, nothing, literally nothing happening. Just, just staring off into space. I mean, I get it. I get why it's there, but I don't know. I think, I think probably 15 or 20 minutes of this movie could have been shaved off. Uh, and it's already it just short. kind of felt, and it's, yeah, it's, uh, what is it? Like a one forty five. Yeah. Like one forty some. Yeah. Um, one forty five sounds better. But I just felt, yeah, I just felt like it kind of, it felt repetitive, I guess. And for, yeah, I just didn't I think, get that much out of the repetitiveness of it. I think the repetitiveness was intentional. Oh, no, and I agree. And that's why we see, you know, it's it's come full circle. She's back at the Amazon, back celebrating New Year's. I think it's just this, like, showing this continuous cycle of, you know, the repetitiveness of this. and But at the same time... It's repetitive, but it's also like she's doing it because it's a, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It's a unique experience when you're going to all these different places. So it's interesting how it's, you know, these people aren't tied down because they are looking for, well, for various reasons, whether it be economic stress or uh, they just don't feel like they conform to a quote normal lifestyle. But there it's very it's a very unique experience because you never know you don't have that security of a normal 
day-to-day life, you never know what's going to happen. But also at the same time, it's very repetitive and you're still doing the same things every day, regardless of uh, not knowing exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it kind of felt like, just going back to like your point about it just being, uh, you know, Francis McDormand staring off into the distance, it's, it, it felt like they had this loose idea, right? Because it's based off the book Nomadland, which is an odd, a different kind of book to base a movie off of because it's more of like a um, first-person experience. Right? I didn't read the book, but just from like looking it up, it seems like it's kind of... Yeah, non, non-fiction first-person Yeah, experience. it's a non-fiction first-person experience weird. about uh, traveling across the U.S. kind of survive. It's, you know... Its subtitle is Surviving America in the 21st Century. It doesn't really give like an invigorating, you know, urge to call to action or anything like that. So uh, it kind of sounds like they had this idea of like, oh, what would it actually be like? Or what's it like for nomads? And then throughout it, they started connecting these themes. Everything was like great. Like cinematography was great. Frances McDormand, great. Like her acting throughout this movie was amazing. Um you know, I love like the genuine moments that I felt or that I felt like were genuine moments with actual nomads, you know, um, because they just felt like real people. They felt like authentic people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like they kind of went into it with a loose idea. You know, they based the movie on the book and then they did like the cinematography exceptionally well. Acting was great. They had amazing shots. But, you know. It seemed like they never really connected everything like the way that they had planned it to. You know what I mean? I would or the way that they were hoping that. I don't, to. And I don't. That's. Ex- I think that's another problem. Is I think I don't really know what this movie's saying. And I mean, we'll get we can get into it more. But I feel like it's kind of it. At some points, you think it's is saying something, and it kind of gives you a little bit. But then I'm not so sure. You know, you get kind of this like anti-capitalist anti-materialist whatever message like from the guy at the around the fire he's like you know you don't have to be workhorses or whatever we got to protect each other that stuff and then she snaps back at the i assume like it's it's her brother-in-law but then i assume all the other guys there are also like real estate guys yeah and she like snaps back at them so there's those little pieces but then I don't know if there's enough in the rest of the film to make me say that that's really the point of the movie. Uh, I don't know if the point is just like, this is a different lifestyle that's not explored that often, but or a lot of people don't know about it. So here it is. And without any, so that might be a strength of the movie. I just, I just don't know. You know what I mean? It might be a strength that the movie isn't coming down one way or another. It's just saying here, here it is. Make of it what you will. Which I think you know can be admired in a way. Um, yeah, of just giving giving life the way life is. Life isn't normally tied up in a you know a nice thematic little bow that you can figure out. It's uh, it's complicated and not exactly um, you know it doesn't have the big bright lights of telling you what's exactly what exactly you should be learning or what exactly you should be thinking after something. No, I totally agree, and I I think too that. And I kind of have like a circle of life theme written down in my notes, but I I think that the movie just kind of what they're trying to get to is that uh, nomads aren't necessarily just people who don't want to have 
you know, um, a system. They just have a different system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, it, it, yeah, like you said, like, even though, I mean, there's still, like, systematic seasons, if you will. Like, there's, like, they still go through these seasons. Like, the movie starts and ends basically in the same spot. And though the middle, like, is all, can be all over the place, Fern's character still is, you know what I mean, going through these, uh, routines i guess i don't know i don't know if that makes sense i guess like opposed to what her sister said because her sister's like um shoot what would she say like about like oh you know everything out there is just more interesting than that in here because you can never like settle down right but it's like she she kind of did settle down she you know what i mean she just likes she's settling down in her own way yeah exactly yeah which yeah it's an interesting yeah it's interesting um yeah, but and let me, uh, I guess I'm going to do a so short summary. There's not much to summarize, but I'll at least do a short thing and then we can keep, keep going. Have at it. So <laughs> after Sheetrock Factory closes after the recession in 2011, Fern, recently a widow after her husband died, loses the town she lived in, lived in as the factory was the source of the town's money. She gets a van and starts to live in it. She drives around the states, up north to work as a seasonal Amazon job, then off to meet up with a whole group of nomads like her, then back around for to another temporary job, and so on and so on. She builds various relationships along the way, but none for too long at one time, as she's off to the next spot. She even spends some time with a friend, with a friend Dave's family, and they are more than happy for her to stay with them. But one day she feels the need to leave and she leaves there as well. She goes back to her old house and her old town looking one last time at the abandoned ghost town. But she soon departs into the wilderness and into the unknown again. End of movie. So, yeah, I didn't really get into any specifics because, like you said, it's it's just very it's a very meandering movie. There's not really not much that happens, really. I mean, she just works at different jobs Drives around, uh, meets different people, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's brought to us in a uh, fantastic way. And I think, too, like, the cinematography in this film is, you know, head and shoulders above the rest of the aspects of this film from, like, you know, looking breaking it down from, like, themes and, and everything like that. Uh, the cinematography was by far like the best part for me. Yeah, no, the cinematography was great, um, and Francis McDormand was good. But no, yeah, I agree. Francis cinematography was, was the best. Cinematography was the best part about this. Just those gorgeous Western landscapes, uh, landscape shot with like pretty much just the van. There's nothing else, or out of the Badlands. You know, I was thinking when she was at that uh, that visitor center. Mm-hmm. Were we in that visitor center? I think we were. I kind of think we were too. I, I feel like um, I couldn't. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, and it also made <laughs> me miss the Badlands because I was like, man, the Badlands were so cool. But I couldn't live there. I like, no, I couldn't live there either. I mean, they made it look all nice. But when you're there, it's like 110 and you're just sweating by like thinking. <laughs> well, that and it's like, I mean, you're not working anywhere. Like in the Badlands, you just... I don't know. It's just too stressful for me, man. I could not live like that. I need some kind of like some kind of structure. 
Uh, yeah, just having, you know, no money and just, yeah, it's... Because just like her, I mean, like, you, something something goes wrong with your van, you're, like, screwed. Yeah. And you never know what's going to happen. That's pretty much it, dude. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty scary. But, um, so... I guess I mean we just I mean we just talked about this, but do, do you think this film has a message, a meaning, or is it kind of like whatever you get out of it, you get out of it, and more of a real life thing? Or yeah, what do you think? I kind of think it's both. So I I think it, it I think everybody will see kind of something different in it, but I think like one of the overarching themes throughout the movie was uh, like the circle of life, if you will. Um, you know, like they talked about the wedding ring, uh, she was still wearing a wedding ring after her husband died. And at one point I I forget who she was sitting with, but they were talking about like, I think it was in the Badlands maybe just about how the wedding ring, like it's a circle and it never ends. Um, you know, and then you have like the seasonal circle, obviously like starting the winter in Amazon, it, the movie ends a year later at Amazon. Um, the plates, which were like the most precious thing to her from her father, you know, like, so in the, this brings up a point where I thought the movie was kind of going to take a change. So these plates that her father like collected for her, right. And then gave to her were like one of her most prized possessions that she had in her van, you know, also a circle, you know, and when Dave went to move them and they broke, I was like, okay, that's like the breaking of the cycle. You know what I mean? And I thought we were going to see that. And like, even as it inched closer, like he was kind of pulling her more towards breaking this like cycle and quote unquote, like settling, settling down with him. Um, and then, you know, but obviously like it never got to that, but I I was hopeful. And, you know, then you have like (laughs) the, the, the tires are a big theme. Like she gets a flat, uh, they have like the tire seminar. Dave has a flat when she goes to see him. Like, and I was like, okay, like the and flat tire when... represents, you know, this uh, breaking of this continuous cycle of not knowing or like meandering, you know. And that's okay, you know, like, and because um, that's Dave found like peace because he was with his like grandkids, right? And he liked, he enjoyed it, and that's what he wanted her to stay too. Exactly. Uh, when the woman died at the nomad thing, there was like the circle around the campfire, um, which there always is. But, you know, I felt like it was prominent to show that. And then like the literal circle of life, I thought whenever Fern held the baby's hand, that like tight shot of that. I was like, OK, this has to mean something. Um, <laughs> so I felt like it flirted with like going full on on this idea, but it never fully took it over. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I like. I think that's probably the best, the most uh, well fleshed out theme in the movie. I would say, yeah, um, for because sure. I think it deals with other stuff. But I think in terms of consistency, because, uh, I mean, like you said, you thought that she was gonna, she might break the that cycle and stay with that family, mm-hmm. but she didn't. But I think it's saying like either way, like whatever way you choose is you know whatever works for you i guess it's not i don't think it's critiquing either either side like it's not critiquing dave for breaking out of the cycle and it's not critiquing her for staying in this nomadic cycle i think it's just saying like these are the these are two options and they 
both existed. But no, I definitely think that tire thing is relevant because he has a flat and that's him. He that symbolizes him breaking out of it. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, the thing, like I mentioned earlier, I think another thing it touches on is kind of criticizing the consumerist society. Yeah, but, and I, I think it I think it flirts less with that idea of a theme than like the I def- of life thing. I, I def I, I agree, but it, it it's way more of a baity theme though. Like you could very easily watch this and you're like, oh, that's what they're comment like commenting on. But that's I don't think that's the case. Because like there's the very clear shots of like real estate and uh, when he's talking about being slave to the dollar or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, it shows when she's working at Amazon, I mean, geez, that has to be one of the, like, the nicest portrayals of being as Amazon worker I've ever I was seen. thinking the same thing. Uh, <laughs> and I also kind of thought, I mean, like, I wonder how long that Amazon, like, gave her to film in there. Yeah, I don't know. Because you didn't, I mean, not that she needed, not that, like, the movie needed a bunch of shots or anything like that from it, but, like, mm-hmm. you kind of... I got the vibe that they got like maybe an hour. You know? Yeah, I don't know if they could have done it that fast. I'm sure they had longer. I'm, they had to have at least a couple days. Oh, I don't think but so. But I don't know. No way. I don't. Yeah, maybe Amazon's more cutthroat. They're like, you got an hour. What you get is what you get. And it better look nice. You better portray us <laughs> in the best possible way. But um, yeah. think, think about the scenes from in there. I mean, like, there's only like, for a movie that changes shots so so many times and like so many different angles and like works the angles on everything uh, to great success when they're in Amazon it's literally you just see her packing away a box two boxes and then they have light like yeah. lunch or whatever which could be anywhere but then then you see like a wide shot of inside the building you know and then she's walking around the inside talking to people I don't know there's a few I mean it's been a couple minutes in Amazon mm, all right I mean, I don't know how long they let her film. I, yeah, it doesn't matter how long they but let her film. She gets the point either way. It, but yeah, either way, I thought that was an interesting, uh, interesting choice of how they portrayed that work. Yeah, and then also when Dave's in the hospital, I felt like it was. I thought I I was willing to bet money that a bill was going to be an issue or a, that was going to come up. I you know what too. I mean? And there was going to be a comment on the healthcare system and like how living like this is impossible because if something like this happens, then you go bang. You know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't even, but there wasn't, it just, it just left and that was it. And I was like, wow, that was for a film that I expected, uh, which maybe this is my expectations, but that even dabbled in it. I just felt it odd that they totally kind of, those were the two biggest things I can think of. They totally kind of ignored, uh, two two aspects where they could have taken a real shot at that theme or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I, I thought, yeah, I was expecting something from that too, especially because uh, later on you kind of get this, um, you kind of get what you expected from that hospital scene out of the, uh, the garage scene or the mechanic scene, you know? But in my head, yeah, I was like, I feel like a surgery is a lot more costly than twenty two hundred bucks or twenty four hundred bucks or whatever. 
Right, and it's way more of a commentary on like the system itself. Whereas like right. your your car bill isn't really a commentary on the like a societal structure that exists. It's more like, well, this you know your You're talking Ryan, you're talking about somebody again. who's never got uh raked over the cools by mechanics before, buddy. Well, I'm just saying it's not <laughs> it's not the same as uh like getting your car fixed isn't the same as like getting the structure of our healthcare system right now. Yeah. It's not it's not the same kind of structural issues, I would say. Um but in the that. same vein, that's her I guess that's her life and that's her health as a van running, so I don't know, who knows. Yeah, it but, could have been you know, there could have been some parallels with that too. Um I didn't see any, but it could have been interesting to like parallel those, you know? Yeah. No, I mean just yeah, just when I said it, I didn't think about it before that, but when I said it I you know, it kind of makes sense, but I don't think it's really striving to make that connection. But uh, yeah, I agree, especially because I didn't talk about the bill at all for the healthcare. So I don't know. And I talked about the choice of the non-actors, which I think was good. Yeah, you know, I I liked that the movie. I mean, for, I think it was like for the first ten minutes or something. There was like almost no audio or no, almost no dialogue. Um, it felt very like bringing you into a documentary, and then the first dialogue that actually like stuck out in my head is when they were at lunch in Amazon and that girl was going over her tattoos and uh, she had that one that was like home is it just a word or is it something that you carry within you and I was like oh alright well there's, there's like the theme we're going to follow with this you know what I mean mm-hmm. And I guess we did kind of sort of but uh, very loosely and that I think that's the problem here is like there was a couple different themes in a couple different directions that this movie could have went to really tie it like the bow on it per se you know feel like it was saying something but yeah and it never did it like flirted with these ideas it was like oh is it going to talk about like you said like is it going to go against capitalism and talk about the destruction of the system man or is it going to go like the route of uh everybody and i think it kind of goes with this route more or less but like everybody's home and everybody's like normal or everyone's cycle is different and um you know, whatever that kind of means. It's a very loose theme. And then there's also like the one that it could have talked about with just like life in general. I I thought like even with life, I thought <laughs> I honestly thought that Frances McDormand's character was going to die when she was at the beach at the end. Oh, you thought like, oh, you man, thought I, like she was going to kill herself or yeah, just die? Kill herself. Oh yeah. And I, I was just like, Oh man, like this is going to not be not be good um <laughs> because i f- i felt like at that moment she had found her peace you know what i mean and that was like her dancing in the rain on the rocks like there and i was just like i hope i was like hoping it didn't happen you know but um i felt like she throughout the movie was like searching for this peace within her you know what i mean and uh mm-hmm. i don't know it i felt like then she found it after she like finally settled down with dave and she was like I have this opportunity. I could stay with Dave. Uh, I want to do that, but I also want to be on the road. But you know what? I've also think like, this is where I don't know. Regardless. Did you, uh, did you think she was going to stay there? Dude, I thought she was going to do a lot of stuff and she just never did. Um, <laughs> but like what? Yeah. Like I did think she was going to stay there. Well, I think there was another point in the movie where, uh, I'm trying to think of where it's at. It was like, she went back to her sisters. I obviously knew she wasn't going to stay at her sisters. Um, 
but I don't know. There was just a couple parts throughout there where I, I was thinking something then to- something totally different happened. I thought she was going to stay there because like when her sister offered to like let her stay there, she was very adamant about no, she can't do it. And then when Dave offered, she was never like hardcore adamant about not doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really know. I didn't I was like, "Oh, maybe she will," but I was in the back of my mind I was like, "I don't think this movie's going to end like that. I think the whole point is like her still wandering." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Still, uh, you know, not settling, settling down in that way. But mm-hmm. uh, and uh, do you think this? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, and, and you know, she kind of befriends that young uh, nomad dude, you know, who like asked her for a cigarette earlier on in the movie, and met. Mm-hmm. They met again, with, and he gave her like the lighter. Um. And so I was just kind of like, oh, is this... I, I didn't know what was going on with that either, you know? That seemed like it yeah, was a there, setup for something that never fell through. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of things that I thought they were going to do more with, but they ended up not. And But I think that's kind of... It goes... And then once it got to the end when she's talking to... Uh, mm, Rob something or something like that? Yeah, when he's talking, he's like, well, that's why I always say I'll see you down the road because you always see people later. So I think that was... Once you got to that point, that was the point of all these interactions she's had and why you think they're going to come up more, but then they don't. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not necessarily like every interaction. Uh, how do I want to say this? It's like these 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 interactions, these relationships don't necessarily go somewhere when you think they will, but like maybe down the road. You know what I mean? Like that's why they showed her giving a light to that guy and then down the road met him again gave the light back um and it's just like this very i mean it goes right back to like this circle of life this cycle this uh um i don't know what i want to say but you know what i mean this uh these relationships are never totally over and there's always there's always more to them there's always a future that you don't know what's going to happen and you're so like what we see here is only like a chapter out of the book. You know what I mean? We don't see the whole story. And I think that's the point mm-hmm. of why we don't see all these relationships kind of fully fledged out is because you're only seeing a chapter. I think that's a very, um, uh, I think that's very specific. That's done on purpose. I think that's a purposeful choice of why some of these things didn't happen. Like we thought they were going to happen. There's no like, um, character or relationship progression for a lot of these characters. It's just like, these things happen within this year long span and that's just the way it is. And then in the future, other things are going to happen with those same people. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that choice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's a purposeful choice. I will say that. Yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see that. I, I do agree with you. Like it, I definitely think it's a purposeful choice. I don't know how I feel personally about that choice. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so I want to talk about the, uh, like the abandoned town factory house Empire. at the end there. Yeah. So she goes back. Why does she go back? I think for closure, closure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That was also like my favorite scene of the movie. And I, I th- again, I thought, I don't know what I thought 
but I, I was thinking that like Fern was going to find peace somewhere, you know, and maybe she was, maybe that was her coming to terms with like, you know, this is my house and so is this van, you know, like I, I don't, I'm not sure, but I did love the scene where she was walking through like her abandoned old house there in that town. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was just to, I, I think the movie like alluded to a lot of things that like kind of, they unpacked like, or like, yeah, they unpacked kind of like an onion, you know what I mean? Like pulling a layer off, like, like her husband's death and like where she came from or why she ended up on the road like this. Um, you know, different parts of her background. And I think that her going back to empire there at the end and just kind of walking through, I think, I think that's another, I don't know if it's trying to say like, this is, uh, this is still like her home, you know, like, she just has a different routine. I don't know, to be honest. I don't have a good answer for that question, but I love this scene. <laughs> yeah, I did. I like the scene too, but I think, uh, I think I agree with your closure thing. I think this is her kind of putting, uh, you know, putting an end for like, uh, for sure. Cause that's when she sells sure. She closes out her like storage place or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. at the same time or right before. Um, and I think that's her putting like the final, like, all right, it's, I'm done, done with this, you know, I'm totally done and I'm moving on. Um, and, but I also think it's kind of like, uh, well, of course, I mean, that's throughout the movie, but just seeing this place, I think it's supposed to like maybe be a kind of comment on a society that crumbled during the great recession, like this, you know, uh look back in 2008 (laughs) yeah like this what what was thought to be like well by some people or even even she says it wasn't like i wasn't necessarily what i wanted or my perfection or whatever but it was what my husband wanted so we stayed there Mm -hmm. um but sort of this like idyllic life like the american dream of you know what i mean having a house having a solid job for 30 years blah 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 um and you know having a family nice family and a nice town and all this stuff and i think that's kind of showing like that that idea might have crumbled with the great recession um and it's showing the shambles of that uh american dream crumbling i guess yeah i could see that I don't know. That's, that's, I don't know. It might be a stretch, but that's kind of what I thought. Something along that line. I think this movie does a good job of presenting different, like narratives for what certain people could pick up on. Mm-hmm. It, it like kind of presents these things without an end. And it's like, if you want to lead down that path, we'll give you a couple more guides, you know, but, uh, or, you know, like leaving some crumbs, you know, to a trail. It's like, if you want to take that trail, you can, uh, we're not necessarily going to drive down it, but you can meander down there if you want, you know? Yeah. And then, so, uh, well, to go with that, the the crumbling of this, you know, American dream of, like, the the, the middle class, quote-unquote, I think goes along with the commentary on the economic crisis of, like, I think the main one is that and, like, the real estate guys when he's, like, uh, I just wish I could have bought more in 2008 so I could sell it now uh, to make more money. And it's like when when the economy collapses, like the rich are able to get richer because they can buy up everything and the poor 
are the ones that get the shaft because they lose all their jobs yeah. and then they don't have any money to do anything. So I definitely think that was the kind of, those were the two main things on that theme of, you know, this uh, quote unquote American dream yeah. that's, you know, lifted up or whatever. But I did, but going back to the very end when she's walking, one of the, probably one of the best shots in the movie when she walks out the back door uh, through the gate and like into the, yeah, you know, that was beautiful or whatever. I'm going to, I've brought this shot up multiple times on this podcast, but I want to compare that to the final shot in the searchers with John Wayne, not coming. He does, but I mean, the difference is he doesn't come into the door. He stands in the doorway and then walks out because, you know, he's a man of violence and he can't enter, enter into society. Society needs him, but he can't enter into society. But Comparing that to this, it's her walking out of the door and then into the desert. And it's her, like, kind of leaving society because she can't accept it. She doesn't want to be a part of the society. She wants to leave and do things her own way. She doesn't want to conform to the structure of society. So she's leaving this doorway. And I felt like that was the kind of symbolism. Or that's at least what I got out of it. I don't know if that was intentional. That's definitely what I got out of it. I could see that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. She's either blessed or, I mean, depending on how you look at it, blessed or cursed to walk the earth uh, as a nomad, as, you know, somebody that kind of rejects society. So, mm-hmm. um, you got anything else? You know, I, yeah, I don't know if this is... I, I can never tell with silhouette shots, right? Like this this movie used a lot of silhouette shots and I don't know if that was like made a point throughout the film to, you know, like her searching for something, you know, like her searching for that something that like fills her up or lights her up, you know? And, and I was kind of like, I love, first of all, I love silhouette shots. So I, I'm always like drawn to them. Uh, but they were used so, so many times throughout the movie. And I was like, are they trying to like say something about Fern's character? Like internally, like, is she searching for, you know, that closure. Um, and then I, I looking or not looking back, but thinking back, I think that the last one was when she last silhouette shot was when she left Dave's house sometime around there. And then I don't even remember to be honest with you. So I don't even want to make any of these connections really, but (laughs) I, I didn't know if like, there was a distinction between the silhouette shots and the shots of her like face lighting up. Like, is that showing that like she's finding closure in different ways on different things or were silhouette shots just based on cinematic quality and how they look good and it makes sense for this lighting. Boy. Yeah. I don't, I didn't make any of those connections. I'll just say that uh, straight up. I did not really connect any of that. It doesn't mean it's not there. But I didn't think about that. And then, like you said, going back, I can't really think about specifically where they were to, you know, go back and make those connections. So I don't know. I I mean, I thought I thought just purely cinematically. And it could be. And if if that's the case, and if that's the case, a plus, I loved it, too. If it means something more and I'm just missing it, you know, you know, whatever. Good on you. Um, I, I didn't. It was just something that I noticed, and I always kind of think like, oh, they're they're using this as like a way to say that 
I don't know, is this like the shell of the person that she used to be or the shell, uh, like, you know what I mean? Um, mm, or yeah, is it, is it simply, cin- is it simply just cinematic, you know, direction in, in like, uh, artistic, um, direction and it could be. And if that's the case too, you know, like I'm saying, awesome. I loved it. I love silhouette shots. I thought they were great. Um, especially like in the van when she was like going to bed that one night, like, cause you saw the silhouettes of every blanket that she pulled back when it was cold in the parking lot. Um, so, and, and that could be it. I mean, the cinematography in this movie alone takes the cake for me on uh, the aspect of this film. Like, I thought the cinematography was a 10 out of 10, even though I think the film as a whole is maybe like a 7.5 or 8, you know? Yeah. Speaking of that, when you said she, when she was getting into bed in the van the one night, it reminded me of the scene when she was at, uh, like, Dave's family's house, and she left the bedroom to go sleep in her van. And it was at that point I was like, well, yeah. obviously she's not staying in this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. Because she felt more at home in the van than in the in the freezing cold van than in the bedroom. Uh, I thought that was an interesting scene. But that's when I know. That's when it clicked. I was like, well, obviously she's going to be leaving here pretty soon. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, you know, an- another thing to touch on just filmmaking wise is the use of audio through the entire movie was great. Uh it's it's always something that like is a subtle subtlety that I pick up on sometimes, you know, but I think the use of audio throughout this, especially because it used minimal dialogue, uh, like just picking up the audio and certain things really tried to, I, I think it like the ambient sounds, it really like gave that landscape of, or, you know, it gave the idea of being there experiencing this kind of out in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you heard the water Not, droplets yeah. when she was walking through. It, it just seemed like it was very intentional that they really put so much time into the audio of this movie. Yeah, the sound design was was really good. It, the sound design and the cinematography, they really complemented each other like you said. And I uh, I think that's the strength of this the strength of this film. Yeah, I I, I fully agree. I mean, I guess we should give like a little little nod to the uh, cinematographer. The director of cinematography was Joshua James Richards, and the film was actually edited by um, Chloe Zhao. Zah- Zah- yeah, I, Zah- I said Zhao earlier. I'm not sure. Zhao. Zah- uh, uh, but yeah, directed, written, and edited by her. Yeah, and it looks like it looks like uh, James or Josh Joshua James Richards has done uh, most recently, obviously, Nomadland, but. God's Own Country, which is a movie I haven't seen. A couple, it looks like maybe some more indie films. He did uh, Chloe Zhao's uh, previous film, The Rider, too. So they were yeah, okay. connected before this one. But anyway. but yeah, He also, props, he also did uh, Jay-Z, Bam, featuring <laughs> Damian Marley in a video short in 2017. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, if you, don't, you, if you can't relate those two, then I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't have anything else. Right? I think that kind of wraps it up. I mean, it's a good movie. I would like for my artsy friends, I would suggest watching it. But if you want to get something, if you want something more f- for a movie to give you, then I don't think this is it for you. But it's very, it's very much along the lines of like indie film um, genre. You know what I mean? Yeah, very uh, loose structure and contemplative, but you don't really know what it's actually saying. But, I mean, yeah, that's definitely up the alley for a lot of people. And I think I would definitely recommend this film 
because I think it definitely gives you something to think about, and it's an interesting view of uh, a way of life that a lot of people don't really think about or know about. And, yeah, it's a different view of America or life than most of us uh, see. And it's just great cinematography all around. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So what are we doing next week, Ryan? So we next week we are jumping back in with Paul Thomas Anderson. It's been about a year since we did a PTA film. This week we're doing, or next week we're doing The Master. Um, so I don't think it's his best film or even his second or third best film, but that doesn't mean it's not great because you know pretty much everything he puts out is great. So that'll be that'll be fun to uh, fun to talk about. Great performances in that. Um, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, Philip so, Seymour Hoffman. I think that's still on Netflix. I'm not sure. Um, it is on, it is on I think Hulu. that's in Netflix. Okay, it's on Hulu. Maybe on Netflix. I'm not sure. But yeah, if you want to watch it, uh, check those places and uh, you can find it somewhere. What else, Ty? Well, you can reach out to us and get a hold of us on uh, social media. On Instagram and Twitter, we're at Roll It Podcast. On each of those, it's the best way to keep up with um, when we drop episodes, which for over the past year has been consistently, without missing one, on Mondays. <laughs> um, so, but you can keep up with us uh, on Instagram and Twitter and reach out to us, interact with us there. Let us know your thoughts on movies, what you liked, what you didn't like. Suggest movies. Um, we love getting movie suggestions. And you can also hit us up on email if you want to give a more in-depth review of a movie or send us your thoughts on movies. Um, we'd love to hear it. That's at rollitpodcast at gmail.com. Um, anything else, Ryan? No, I think that's about it. Yeah, send us your, if you've watched it already, send us your thoughts on uh, Nomadland. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, see you all next week with The Master. And I did lie. The Master is not on Hulu. I think it's on Netflix. But Might be. <laughs> regardless. Regardless. All right. I'll see you down the road. <laughs>